Right now, we're going to change gears. I'm going to invite onto the show the Minister of Home Affairs, Dr. Erin Mozoledi. Dr. Mozoledi, good morning to you. Thanks for your time this morning. Good morning, Cathy. Good morning to the listeners of SAFM. Of and course. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to have you on. Of course, your department has been busy. There's a lot that has been uh, taking place, lots of moving parts that. Um, are also within the national interest. I'll uh, start specifically just with the work that you are doing to capacitate the department before we get into some of the issues that I know our listeners will also want to explore because ultimately this speaks to the kind of future that the department can secure when it comes to dealing with uh, services of home affairs and most importantly rooting out some of the issues of corruption that you have identified in the last year or so. That's a very wild question, wide question, Katie. <laughs> yeah, but uh, let me say the area of capacity that you are looking for uh, are many, but the most important ones I can mention is human resource capacity because in the final analysis, everything is done by humans. We are busy feeling in poll, uh, about 600 of them, after a presentation to the National Treasury about the shortage of staff in the Department of Home Affairs. And 200 of those posts will be for new immigration officers to try and deal with the problems that were faced with. Uh, 12 of of those posts will go to the anti-corruption unit, which has got uh, 13 people, but because of the number of cases we are getting, Katie. You know, after we arrested the Pakistani national uh, in Kruger Stop on the 24th of March for passport fraud, the whistleblowers have opened up in large numbers. Almost every day, we are getting whistleblowing in the department, making the work of the counter-corruption unit to grow exponentially. And that's why we are capacitating them. The other area, of course, which we are capacitating, as you know, is the Border Management Authority, where we have just launched the two, the first uh, 200 uh, cohorts of the Border Guard, and we are, we are continuing to capacitate it in order for it to be a standalone entity by January uh, 2023. The other area that we are dealing with is on IT to try and safeguard our documents, Casey, uh, uh, in terms of ICT uh, infrastructure. You are aware that in this case, we have just advertised on Friday for the first 2,000 posts of the 10,000 uh, under uh, unemployed graduates in the fields of technology, who we are going to ask to try and 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 and, and digitize our records, but we are also busy trying to expand the horizon of biometrics because all South Africans, like yourself and myself. We are on the National Population Register, and there are two of our biometrics there. We have got your fingerprints and your photo. But we believe in this age of digital technology and fraud, it's better to have more biometrics so as to minimize identity fraud. So we are busy migrating nationals to a new system called ABIS because the, the present system with a fingerprint and a photo is called HANIS, Home Affairs system. 
the new system which we are trying to implement called ABIS, Automated Biometric Information System, has got five biometrics. In addition to your fingerprints and your photo, we want to add your iris recognition, the system that can recognize the iris in your eye, that this indeed is Ketim Sasana. And then also photo recognition, I mean facial recognition, a system that can recognize your face, and also palm prints. Those are some of the things that we are busy with, Ketim. You know, when when we look at these interventions um, that that you're talking about, Minister, and the digitization of your records, etc., how long is it going to be before um, South Africans begin to feel the impact, or should I say rather, those who need to use the services, clients of, of Home Affairs, begin to feel the impact of uh, this work that is set to take place? Let me start with digitization, Kate. Home Affairs has got records of birth, of marriage, of ID, of passports, and indeed of death. Those records are 350 million in number, and they stretch from 18, not 19, 1895. That's how far back they go. Now, why, why is it important to digitize them? Many South Africans will have had a bad experience uh, with Home Affairs when they go to apply for their uh, 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 unabridged birth certificate, when they apply for an unabridged marriage certificate, when they want to do amendments. People do amendments all their time. The way their say, name is spelled, the way their names are arranged or spelled, etc. And they do re- rectification. They might say, here on my same name, there's an N, and it's supposed to be an X or an M, and, and that's called rectification. Now, for home affairs to make those changes, they can't just make them out of the blue because it will be disastrous. They need to go to the original records, the very, very original records at the beginning, when either your forefathers or yourself visited home affairs for the first time and see what was is there in those records and then start making the changes. Now, you can imagine to go to those records, they must go back and search among 350 million records that are manual, that are paper-based. Now, that takes a long time, causing many people to come to home affairs many times, and they get very angry because they don't understand. They believe, well, Casey, if you say you are saying your name is no longer starting with a C, but a K, you believe it's a very easy thing. In home affairs, it's not easy. Why? Because there are people who come to do those changes in order to run away from very serious crimes, uh, uh, change altogether to become a new person uh, with a new entity. So we have to be very careful when we effect those changes. That's why we need records. Now, if these records are on our fingerprints, uh, that work will be very easy. People don't have to come to home affairs many times. They won't get irritated. Because just at the press of a button, you'll see all the the information. And that's why digitization is so important. Minister, the issue, of course, that has been on everybody's lips is 
this question about the ZEP permits and what happens, um, particularly come the end of this year when it comes to the expiration of these permits. We know that it's a matter that is under court. Let's talk a little bit about that meeting of, of foreign ministers that uh, took place last week, I think it was, that included uh, Minister Naledi Pando and, of course, the, the Minister of, of Zimbabwe, amongst others. Was there an involvement uh, from the Home Affairs Department in those meetings and in those discussions that were being held? We were not part of the meeting. Mm. It was a, a preparation for a binational meeting. Binational meetings are usually meetings that are held between governments, uh, mostly between heads of state, and, and they, they do need preparation where sometimes ministers come. It depends on the relevance of the issues that are going to be discussed. So we were not part of that meeting, but uh, we were following uh, the event uh, because Minister Pando and uh, his counterpart in Zimbabwe raised this issue of the Zimbabwe uh, exemption permits, and we are aware that the minister there announced that they, they understand the position of South Africa as a sovereign state, and they are prepared to welcome everybody in Zimbabwe, and they've made quite a number of concessions about what's going to happen, if, if at all, in the event that is, and I'm emphasizing that, in the event that some people have to go back. Mm. I want to talk about just some of the actual decisions um, that will affect this this ending of the permits because, of course, there's been a lot of conflicting reporting about what it is exactly um, that people can expect or anticipate. And, and, and I'll give you an opportunity just to set the record straight with us, at least from the perspective of the Home Affairs Department. Uh, you're listening to Home Affairs Minister Dr. Erin Mozoledi. It's aging towards 11.30. We'll take the news headlines and continue the conversation with him shortly. As always, I'll take your calls, 011-714-2006. That's the number to dial on the WhatsApp line, 0 Six one four one zero four one zero seven. Hashtag SAFM Talking Point. All right, we continue with the Minister of Home Affairs, Aaron Motualedi, who is on the line. I know that we have already quite a number of questions and voice note uh, messages and questions that have come through for uh, the Minister. I'll start taking your calls in the next five minutes. But Minister, I just wanted to give you a chance for you to just tell us what people can expect when the the expiration dates of these permits comes into effect and what people need to be doing now if they want to stay in South Africa. Katie, there are no conflicting reports. There is a report from the Department of Home Affairs and also from the cabinet. And then there are other reports from other people who are challenging or interpreting the reports we have written in different ways, some with agendas, others with a misunderstanding. So there are no conflicting reports. There's only one report. And that report about what must happen, we did not just communicate it over the radio. We wrote individual letters to the people who are affected, 178,000 of them, in terms of the information we got from their files when they applied for ZEP in 2017. We wrote them letters and explained to them. We also bought space in the newspapers to 
advertise what's happening. We also posted it on our website. We also wrote to DECO to ask them to write the ambassador of Zimbabwe uh, uh, through their diplomatic channels. But I also have several meetings of people purporting to be representing Zimbabwean residents where we discuss these issues. And what we are simply saying is that, and, and you are saying, Casey, that uh, what will happen at the expiry of the ZEP. The ZEP expired in December last year already. It has already expired. What we did was to give a grace period and say those people who are on the ZEP, which has expired. And by the way, the decision that it will expire by December last year was taken in 2017. Anybody who obtained it knew that it was for five years, as are the previous predecessors which were expiring and renewed. This time we said we are giving a, 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 a grace period of 12 months for people to apply for other permits uh, 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 to regularize their stay in South Africa. And, and basically that's the message that we are sending, because there are many other permits, as you know, close to 17 of them, that allows to, for people to stay in South Africa. And by the way, Casey, there are lots of Zimbabweans coming to Zimbabwe. There are lots of Zimbabweans who are staying in South Africa and are not on the, staying on the base of the ZEP. Some are staying, staying on the base of a study visa, others on the basis of a, a, a sky skill visa. And, and I must state, 38% of the all scarce skills visa that we issued for the whole world, 38% went to Zimbabwean nationals. And then there is study, which is 25%. Then there is a, a general work visa, which is 15%. And there is a relative visa, which is 14%. So there are lots of Zimbabweans who are already on those. And many other permits, as I'm saying, there are about 17 of them. So all we are saying is that we cannot continue with a temporary special situation. We are asking people to regularize their stay, like all other nationals who are staying in South Africa, by using the Immigration Act and all the other permits that exist in our country. All right. Let me kick it off with Anonymous in Cape Town. Anonymous, good morning. Morning, Oskate. Yes. How are you? I'm all right. How are you, Anonymous? And uh, good morning to Mr. Minister there. Uh, I was scared. I've got a problem here. See, like uh, that was back 2012. I was doing cross-border uh, because I was driving mm-hmm. uh, Botswana and Namibia. So I went, my my, my, my passport actually got uh, run out of pages. So I wanted to reapply for to get a new one. To my surprise, when I went there, they say no, um, you are illegal. Why you are using all uh, uh, same country for this? Let me say, guys, I'm I'm a, I'm a truck driver. I'm use, I'm being sent to Namibia. There's only uh, two border that I'm using: Tokwing and uh, uh, um, Part Hague. So they're saying that I'm illegal immigrant. I don't know how comes that because they say why I'm. They kept me asking why I'm using the same borders. Like I said, that's my job I'm doing. I don't know why this guy, they mean. I, I don't know. Maybe Mr. Mr. the minister, they can explain to me because my mom, what happened actually, my mom, who, uh, my biological mother died. So when my father went to, when we went to apply for the ID, 
I used I used my mother who my father married to after my mother died. So all those things I don't know. Maybe it can be a problem, but I'm not sure. Maybe the minister can uh, explain to me. There, I'll listen to the radio. Thank you. All right. Okay. Uh, all right, anonymous minister. Do you, do you have some advice for him? Dr. Mutswalidi, hi. Yes. Yes. Yes, Katie. Yes. D- d- were you able to hear Anonymous? So I was able to hear him, Katie. Mm. And it just emphasizes why we need to the, the, the records that are digitized. From the history that is given you, obviously for us to understand uh, the nature of the... I mean, they are accusing him of something which he denies. And the only thing that can prove are our records the 350 million records among them, some of the areas that he's alleging must be there as to who, uh, I mean, he's talking about his biological mother dying. But obviously before she died, she was on the National Population Register. If she's a South African, we'll be able to check those type of things. So what he must do, must, uh, Katie, maybe, because he has already held, maybe met junior home affairs officials who might not be able to understand. Take the details. He will be conducted. We'll want some information from him so that we go into our archives and our records and check exactly what is the, the state of affairs. Okay. All right. Fred in Polokwani, good morning. Morning, Katie. How are you? I'm well, thank you, Fred. Very blessed. Um, send my greetings to the Honorable Minister. Um, you know, Kathy, there are uh, only two or three questions that I want to post. The first question is that to say, given the fact of the, the grazing period which has been given for these 12 months this year specifically, what will happen uh, after these 12 months? What is the plan of government? Uh, the second question, uh, how is the government of South Africa, Home Affairs in particular, given the lesser home bodies that they have and the financial dilapidation, if not... Uh, the lesser amount which has been allocated to them. How will they ensure that with the staff they have, they will be able to trace these foreigners within us and make sure that they pull them out? Because looking at the factor of, of staff, particularly for home affairs, is a challenge. And how will they be able to make sure that uh, they are going to interlink, if not work together with the South African police services, looking at the fact that also South African police services are experiencing, uh, you know, the manpower problems. How will they be able to pull out these people who are illegal within us, in essence? Uh, I believe that for them to have a mission accomplished, what is the plan in essence? The plan that they are going to spearhead using uh, it to ensure that all these foreigners who are illegal in South Africa are pulled out. And then lastly, why specifically the Zimbabweans? While we experience a high volume of foreigners in South Africa, are, are we not supposed to take out all the foreigners who are illegal in South Africa? Then thank you very much, uh, Kathy. Okay, all right, Fred. Dr. Mutsoledi? Start with the last question, please. Why specifically? Why don't we take out anybody who is illegal in South Africa? My first has been doing so. Go to Lindela Repatriation Center. You'll find lots and lots of people from different countries, from Europe, from South America, from the African continent, from Asia, 
who have been in South Africa illegally and they've been prevented in front of a magistrate and they've agreed that they be deported. So we are not, there's nothing that says only Zimbabweans are being deported. Last year, we deported some of the people who were, uh, uh, if you remember the, the, the saga of the Methodist Church in Cape Town, we did deport about 40 people from there after presenting them in front of the legal or I mean, uh, judicial authorities. Now, this particular case of Zimbabwe exemption payment, it's happening to Zimbabweans because it was given to them. It's them who were on this special permit, which was issued to them. The other country where special permits were issued was Angola, and that has been dealt with very clearly. It was only 1,600 people. The other nationality which have got special permits is Lesotho, but they are only expiring the end of next year, 2023. So we can't deal with them in, uh, uh, now before the expiry. They are still valid. We are dealing with the Zimbabweans once because they were issued in 2017 for five years and they expired in December last year. So that is question number three. Now, question number one says what happens after, after uh, December. Look, we are asking people to regularize themselves. I'm sure many will regularize themselves by that. Those who are unable to or who don't qualify, then it means they become illegal in South Africa. They are dealt with in a manner that we deal with any illegal person if found in the country, as I've explained. The issue of home bodies, what will happen because home affairs have no home bodies, I mean, not enough. Now, Casey, there is no government department that can stand up and say we have got enough people. All government departments need more people than they have now. And so home affairs is no different. But the government departments are still doing their work. I was in health uh, for, 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 for many years. And, and there will be a complaint about shortage of nurses, shortage of, uh, of doctors, shortage of specialists and all that. And then when you go to police, there will also be a shortage. So it does not mean if there are no home bodies, then you can't do the work. But also in addition, Casey, being aware that uh, 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 processing these permits is a challenge because people have got to look at the Constitution, they've got to look at laws like PAJA, they've got to look at international conventions that South Africa has entered into. We have hired a large group of private uh, lawyers, that means those who are not employed by the state, who have formed a team that is chaired by the former Director General in the Presidency. Dr. Kishia Lubisi, who are the ones who are looking at these applications and advising on what decision to make. All right. Thanks for that. Deboho uh, in Bloom, good morning. Uh, I'm not sure of the relevance of my question to the minister, but I'd really like to ask. Uh, I'm on a currently on a, uh, a temporary residence visa. Mm-hmm. And then I've already applied for a permanent visa. But then the problem I have is um, I applied, my my, my uh, visa expired on the 31st, I think, of uh, June. And then I applied for it on the in March, around March, I think it was around March, which normally it takes about six weeks for, for you to receive your uh, renewal visa back. 
And then, if I remember correctly, Minister was on radio some, some time back, and then I'm not sure if it was Aldrin who asked him if there was any kind of backlog at Homer First. And then he swore that there was nothing wrong at Homer First, everything is running smoothly. So I'm just asking if everything is running smoothly, and I've seen supplies for my uh, renewal, which, by the way, I was excused from work because I couldn't work. Uh, because of the visa that expired. So since then, we've been calling to Home Affairs and trying to find out what is happening. And then nobody could uh, could give us a straight answer as to what was happening. And then we've been taken from pillar to post. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew. I even phoned. Uh, um, uh, I went to the website and then I found some numbers there that said it was... Uh, his uh, uh, office and the numbers that were there. And then I was referred to some people that were uh, apparently working with visas. But none of those people knew anything about the visas. Or it's either when you call them, they will tell you, no, they are not directly working with the visas or anything. So out of that I just want to check with you. Was there a particular department in a particular province that you were working with? Uh, say again, Kathy, I so, so, so I'm asking if, 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 if you were working with a, a particular uh, officials in, in, in a certain province so that it's easier to pinpoint where the inefficiency may be coming from. No, I'm, I'm, I'm in Bloemfontein. So yeah. as, as um, we are, we're using the VFS here. Okay. And then if, if you go to VFS for any query, those guys would not give you any kind of information because what they tell you is basically they are just there to facilitate. Mm. So then I took it upon myself to, you know, find out or call Pretoria to find out. But then Pretoria, if you call the numbers, nothing ever happens. Nobody okay. ever picks up the, 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 the phone when mm. you call. Mm. So I called um, the, the number that I found on the net that said it was his office. And then I was then directed to the correct number where I could get people to speak to that were not very helpful either. So out of desperation, we also had to go and find out on the on the website, Homer's website. Only then, I was happy when we went to the website, we found a letter that stated that everybody who has applied for a visa, uh, their visas would be... Uh, uh, extended, or I, I think something like they'll be valid until the 30th of September because there's a backlog at home affairs. And up to date, we're still not sure how valid that letter is because mm. every member of the department that we spoke to said they knew nothing about that and then they, they don't know anything. And then I even asked them, if, can you guys then at least write me a formal letter that I can take to work showing that I've applied for my visa and then I'm still waiting for it. And they said, no, they don't do such. Oh. That was the answer that I got. Yeah. So so basically, you know, it's been a case of being sent from, from pillar to post. Um, Dr. Mazzoledi, what does somebody like like him do? Well, again, take his details. I want to know, firstly, if he has applied, he would have a reference number. Unfortunately, he may not know, and I don't blame him the names of the people or officials that he has been dealing with and the offices uh, that he has tried to conduct. It won't be easy to know unless he has got records of that. But be that as it may, let let him uh, get, get these details. I'll send here, uh, our spokesperson 
to, to conduct him, and you must be ready with the reference number. Even uh, the reference number for applying to VFS, yes. VFS means visa facilitation services. They are facilitated by taking application and sending them to head office. So he's right in that regard. VFS cannot be able to answer him because they just facilitated. So we want to know exactly where things are stuck. And uh, uh, if, if it's not possible for him to come here, and I don't think it's necessary, we've got a whole a head of home affairs, a provincial head of home affairs in Bloemfontein, uh, Dr. Ramudum, who used to work here at head office. We can make them meet and finalize this matter. Mm. And oh. I'm very sorry about what you went through, but the problem is me and you do not have the full set as to what is delaying this and what what transpired. But I think the important thing is to have. All right. Deborah, it looks like you might be able to get some uh, help in, in that regard. And, of course, the consequences for you in, in the meantime have been really, really dire, you know, um, having to lose his job as a result of this matter being yeah, outstanding. Um, and ask you just lastly, yeah. I think I, I heard the minister mentioning uh, the gentleman here. I think I was referred to the very same person, who then obviously, and honestly, this is what I'm just going to say, he was not helpful at all, because he ended up transferring it to somebody else that also was, was a bit clueless about what you were saying, because you could sense if somebody or, or a person knows what, uh, what their story is regarding to the issue that you're presenting to them. But the CR person that is, uh, that is being referred to here also was not truly helpful, and his attitude was not on par at all in, in terms of that. All right. So that is, that is the unfortunate part that we have. But thank you very much, Elsie. Uh, all right, no problem. Thank, thanks, thanks for, uh, for for bringing that matter up, Dabaho, and and hopefully it's something that um, the the department will be able to look into um, a lot closer. Let me go to Peter in Port Elizabeth. Peter, good morning. Uh, good morning, uh, um, Sister Case. Yes. Uh, yes. Um, I just wanted to say to the minister, we appreciate the work that he is doing in that uh, Department of Home Affairs. Uh, as South Africans, and we wish him well. And then also then come to probably to how the media at times like to portray issues. Um, let's just speak, for instance, about the Zim visas that we are talking about. At times, it, it, it portrays it as if there is something wrong that the government is doing or the department or the minister in Home Affairs is doing when we are simply implementing our rules. Perhaps I, I think we need to relook at that, specifically you guys in the media. At times, they're not portraying these things well. And also, in coming to the issue of dealing with illegal immigrants, uh, also that one, at times, it, it, it just portrayed as if there is something wrong that South Africans are doing when they are trying to root out such issues or to deal with such issues, specifically the media. We need to follow our regulations as a country. There is no country whereby people can just do as they please and whereby people can be there illegally and be allowed to be there in such a manner. So I want to appeal to you guys in the media. Can you guys also work in hand with what the government tries to achieve in ensuring that you report things as they are and not like to portray as if there is something wrong that the government is doing or there is an issue 
with what the government is doing when in actual fact there is nothing. People were allowed to be here legally, so were given permits and are even given a way on how to renew or apply for those permits. And some of them, the last time the minister, I think, was interviewed by this guy on the SAFM, the 326 show, they said that there were very, very few people that had applied, meaning that people are not taking the opportunity, and yet some people are portraying it as though the government is doing something wrong by saying that the, the payments have applied, I mean, have expired, and if people do not take that opportunity, then they will have to face the rule of law. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to say those things, uh, Katie, to you guys and to the minister, that we appreciate his work. May he continue to do so. We really need to get rid of all people that are in this country illegally and remain with those that should be here legally so and that are needed so that if the opportunities that are there that must be taken by South Africans, South Africans can be able to get those opportunities. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks for that, Peter. Moses in Bramley, good morning. Good morning, uh, Sister Casey. Uh, Sister Casey, I listened to the minister. He's one of my favorite person. But what the issue that he's dealing with right now, it's too late, too little. Because really, uh, uh, the thing that we can uh, do away with uh, uh, illegal immigrants as as for now, I think as our borders are still porous, as you are now speaking now, people are just getting into this country illegally. And when we you, you, you might have uh, seen last week when the bus people were striking that these buses that are ferrying people here are ferrying people illegally and they are the ones who are bringing stuff and stuff like that. So if we are not fixing our borders and we talk a, a lot on the radio, we can't fix anything in this country. The better we can do now as a country, Minister, is to fix our bo- our porous border we put people who will be doing job, not taking charge of, and uh, everything will be all right. Because as we speak, we've got a lot of foreign people in this, foreigners who are illegal in this country. I'm telling you, we might be having 80, 25 to 30 million of foreigners. People are here illegal. They are just doing as they please. They are working. Our children are doing nothing. You look at our boys. They are ravaged by Nyaupe. This government has just nursed this problem for quite a number of years. And now that in two hours we can fix this thing, it will need a lot of job to do Mm. to fix this country. Mm to fix whatever that is not working in this country. Yeah, look, Thank Moses, you. there's no denying the amount of work that 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 lies ahead in order to, to really fix what has gone wrong, in, in particular when it comes to the application of some of our immigration policies. Joe in the Eastern Cape. Uh, good, good morning, Sisi How are you? I'm well, thanks, Joe. Go for it. Okay, uh... I'm here in the Eastern Cape and uh, on on permanent residence permit. And uh, three of my children already um, uh, managed to to get the, the permit. But uh, unfortunately, my wife has been six years now. We are waiting and we have been renewing the relative visa uh, all the time. 
I just wanted to understand because we've written emails. I don't know how many times. Joe, which visa did you say? Actually, I'm just waiting for the outcome for my wife uh-huh. for permanent residence visa. Uh, permanent, permanent residence. Oh, permit. permanent residency. Okay. In six years now. Okay. And unfortunately, you know, I've been promised it twice via email that, um, for example, you write an email and you're given a time frame, and you are told if you haven't received any outcome by uh, this month, um, please um, uh, check again with us. And I've done so. And after, when when you try to check with the the people who, 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 who made that promise, they, they don't um, respond now. And the problem is now, we don't know how much more time we should wait okay. until the outcome is yeah. available. But otherwise, my biggest worry is that it's very difficult to access Oma Face beyond the, help, the, 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 the main line that they are using. It's Joe, very let me give the, the minister a chance to come in because I'm also just mindful of, of the time that, that we have remaining. Uh, Dr. Mazzolidi? Yeah, the, the issue raised by Moses from Bramley, Casey, it's not necessarily still like that. He mentioned about buses which are bringing people illegally into South Africa. We do have the names of those buses. I personally, on Good Friday, went to Big brief border post where I'm, I, I, I counted one of the buses. In terms of the law, any conveyancer, be it the bus or a plane or a car, that brings an illegal person in the country. If they are caught, they are charged uh, uh, 15,000 rand per passenger. And that particular bus company I found in Friday has been charged a lot of money. And if they don't pay, we will not allow them back into South Africa again. We even met Zimbabwean bus companies by the way, who complained bitterly that in not clamping down on those who are bringing illegal people, we are destroying their businesses because they are competing with people who don't follow the law. So it's Zimbabwean bus companies that encourage us to take action against anyone who is operating from their country into South Africa, bringing people who have got no documents at all. Now, the issue of Eastern Cape, the fact that the gentleman got his permanent residence and two of his children did, I can't uh, 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 understand why the wife is not getting that because we don't have details. Again, kids, they must give you uh, uh, their details so that we can go and check. Because what I know is that people have got the right to start applying for permanent residence only after they've been married for five years. I can hear he's mentioning six years. So I don't know if six years after the marriage or six years after the application, I don't know. We need more details, and we want to find out why he gets it and the wife doesn't uh, can't get that. So we can only do so when you got details, because every problem uh, uh, is unique. 
it's not that uh, we can solve it like we solved the previous one. All right. Dr. Mozoledi, we're going to have to leave it there for this morning. He, of course, is um, the Home Affairs Minister. And as you requested, we really made it about some of the issues that you wanted the minister to directly respond to. Uh, and I certainly hope that that, was, uh, that has been a, a useful exercise in as far as answering the questions you may have had. It's also where we come to the end of the talking point with you for today. The show will continue again tomorrow. Um, And yeah, uh, up next will be the update at noon.